1: You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, out along with Wes Reynolds from VEASAN here on the Sports Better's Paradise talking some NFL. Let's get right to it, Wes. And boy, this is sort of a common pick uh, this week with our, uh, our NFL handicappers. And it looks at the Dallas Cowboys at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yesterday at Bet Rivers, it was five, it's been bet down to four today. And that all-important NFC East matchup looming the following week, Philadelphia at Dallas. Keep in mind that Dallas does own the tiebreaker if they do uh, split that uh, home in a a way. So, with that being said, usually a college angle as far as situational uh, handicapping. But then the NFL looks like a popular one. You're looking at the Jaguars plus four as well.
0: Yeah, I do like Jacksonville. Even though it's dipped down from the 5, I still like it at 4. And and at Trevor Lawrence really has been the hot quarterback coming into this game. Last 3 games, 111.7 QBR, QB rating, that is, and no interceptions, not turning the football over. And I think maybe that game uh, 3 weeks ago against Baltimore really gave Trevor Lawrence confidence when the Jaguars confidence for that matter, because when you look, they were out of it. They gave up that late score and then Lawrence drove them right down the field to, to win the football game. I think he was 29 of 37 for 321 and three touchdowns against Baltimore. Then they did go to Detroit, Wasn't a a great game, and that was a good spot for the Lions, a hot team. So Lawrence was only 17-31 to for 179 and a touchdown, even though he was not intercepted. And then you saw what they did against Tennessee last week. Granted, that Tennessee team was a mass unit on defense with a lot of injuries, but 30 for 42, 368 in three touchdowns for Trevor Lawrence. And we know Dallas, as good as they are defensively, especially with the pass rush, if, you, if your line can stand up at least a little bit, you can throw on these guys, and you can get big chunk plays down the field on Dallas. And, you you know, you mentioned the situational thing here. They've had three straight home games. Now they go on the road to go ahead and face a 5-8 and eight Jacksonville team that, for all intents and purposes, are out of the playoff chase, even though they're not technically mathematically eliminated. But all of a sudden with Dallas... You've got a big game with the Eagles coming in uh, on Christmas Eve uh, the following Saturday. So this is, I think, a a really, you know, shaky spot for Dallas a little bit. So when a team with this kind of winning percentage and after a team has come off uh, a three game homestand goes on the road this late in the season, usually not a good spot. So I like the Jaguars.
1: You know, if uh, some kind of way uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars can gain a game on the uh, sliding uh, Tennessee Titans, it'll be a winner-take-all in that last game, Tennessee right. at Jacksonville, uh, the last week of the season because they were obviously on the tiebreaker uh, just have having beaten them. All right, well, Philadelphia, the other side of that one, are they looking ahead a little bit uh, to that uh, Dallas matchup? Chicago is uh, in the way in the meantime – and Chicago has lost, uh, they're on a losing streak right now, but on that losing streak of the last six games, they're averaging 24 points a game. If you add mm-hmm. the Monday night football game against New England, they're averaging over 25 points a game. They're catching nine at home against the Eagles coming off of a bye.
0: Yeah, the Bears uh, coming off that bye. And usually when you're you're 3-10 and and worst record right now in the NFC, so we got first versus worst here with Philadelphia and Chicago ordinarily you would think okay this might be a mail-in spot for a team that is officially eliminated from the playoffs and is just playing out the string here but I think they're gonna get up for the Eagles you're gonna get up for a really good team and certainly the Eagles uh, qualify under those parameters 12 and 1 and uh, best record in all of the NFL and especially the NFC where they're trying to get home field here but you get a team that's a little bit taxed here and that's what I think, uh, you, you know, you were getting here with Philadelphia. And when a team is, you know, this much like a, a road chalk this late in the season, the lines get inflated, and these are, and these are tough covers, uh, I, I think, for the Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, you mentioned that the Bears offense, you know, Fields, I think, is getting better. He still has a lot of development to do, but when you get him outside the pocket, because it's going to take a long time. To, I think, develop him as just a pure pocket passer. But when you get him on the run, I think that he can make plays. And even though this Philadelphia defense has really shown some improvement against stopping the run... I still don't think it's completely there necessarily for these guys. Uh, they're still 24th in rush DVOA, so they're going to have trouble not only stopping Fields, but stopping Montgomery and Herbert and the rest of the Bears running backs. Uh, Philadelphia obviously much better against the pass. They are second in uh, DVOA and pass defense, but they've been a little bit banged up in the secondary as well, so that's something that you're going to want to keep in mind this week in terms of the of the injuries we know gardner johnson is now on ir so that's a big loss for them uh blankenship dealing with the knee injury and they also got an injury on the offensive line with uh lane johnson who's going to be questionable here dallas goddard the same but i think with the bears this is a game where they're going to try and this is a game that they're not going to mail in that normally uh three and ten team or a team with that type of record would absolutely do at this standpoint but uh I think the Bears give the Eagles a tussle. Eagles have the Cowboys, of course, down in Big D next week.
1: Yeah, and uh, those first six games uh, before, and, and keep in mind, this was a this was a staff that didn't draft Justin Fields, so they were trying to just run their system. And after six games, they made with that little extra day to prepare. Um, remember, that was a Thursday night game against Washington. Then they had a Monday night game, so kind of a mini buy uh, in there to. Well, change the offense, and before that, the uh, they were averaging less than fourteen points a game. Now they're averaging over twenty-five points a game, so a big, uh, a big jump up in point production for the Bears since they modified their offense to. Right now, as you said, a uh, best suit the uh, Justin Fields young skill set. He's he, he's he's explosive when they uh, when they want to run him. All right, so now Tampa Bay coming off of uh, getting shellacked uh, against San Francisco, they come back now home to one of the against one of the hottest teams in all of the NFL. Joe Burrow in the Cincinnati Bengals are putting it together once again, and they are actually ahead of pace of their schedule last year. When they went to the Super Bowl, tied on the atop the uh, AFC North, they got a tough road the rest of the way though. As they are tied with nine and four records with the Baltimore Ravens, they host the Ravens in the last week of the season on the road. Cincinnati laying three and a half against the Bucks.
0: Yeah, this is the absolute buy low spot for Tampa Bay because if you look, they did get that win on Monday night two weeks ago, but they were down sixteen to three against a New Orleans team that is really struggling uh, to end the season where New Orleans really should have won the game. But, you know, you give Tom Brady the ball in a two-minute drill, and he's going to score on you even at 45 years old. So he did that. And then they go to San Francisco, and they got absolutely obliterated. I think that was the third worst loss in Tom Brady's NFL career. And you lose it to uh, Mr. Irrelevant, the seventh-round rookie, Brock Purdy, in his first-ever NFL start. So Tampa Bay and, – and Tampa Bay looked bad. It was, it was, it was Brady – but it was also the coaching. I think there have been some times this year where the combination of Todd Bowles and Byron Lethwich have looked a lot overwhelmed. You know, you had Bruce Arians as kind of the main guy last year that was the final decision maker. And those guys in their roles where Lethwich was the offensive coordinator and Bowles, the defensive coordinator, they were in their, their proper roles at the time. And now they move figuratively speaking one seat over And it's been tough. And I think you've seen this team. And injuries certainly have a lot to play a part in that. Especially on the offensive line when they lost Jensen that first day of training camp. You could kind of see how this was going to go on the offensive line for Tampa Bay. Donovan Smith, the left tackle, had another rough outing. But I'm going to go with them here. Because I think now Tampa Bay, all of a sudden they're against the wall. You were mentioning how you know Tennessee's kind of coming back to earth with Jacksonville even though they still have a two game lead in the AFC South when the NFC South you have Tampa Bay at 6 and 7 then you have Carolina and Atlanta still very much in the division chase just one game back Carolina's probably the hottest team in the division and they're 5 and 8 even New Orleans is not officially oh. eliminated <laughs> and imagine that at two games back at 4 and 9 even they still, figuratively speaking, have a chance. They would need a lot to happen, and obviously winning games would certainly help their cause. But this is more of a go-against, I think, on Cincinnati for me, Jimmy, because if you look, the Bengals are 5-0 and straight up in ATS the last five games, so you're getting them priced to the moon right now. As teams keep winning, as teams keep covering, that gets adjusted. But when you get these teams this late in the season going on the road as non-division favorites of a small number like this i think the last uh, uh, 30 times that's happened it's 10 and 20 against the number and you know you are buying low on the bucks but keep in mind tom brady it hadn't happened very often in his career this guy's 11 and 1 ats as a home underdog so you know, now you're not getting Tampa Bay as that small favorite at home, which you've had a few times this year against Green Bay, against the Rams, against New Orleans. Now you're getting them as as this home underdog. And uh, Tom Brady, by the way, 16 and three straight up, 18 and one ATS is a pick'em or a dog off a loss in his NFL career, including 10 and 0 straight up and ATS off a loss. of of more than seven points. Uh, We know that this is Brady's last hurrah. I I, got to think that this is going to be his last season. So this is a crossroads game. This is going to, I think, determine if Tampa Bay is going to win this division or not. So I thought three and a half was a little bit high. This was two on the uh, look ahead. And now you've crossed that key number of three. I'm going to go with the Buccaneers as a home dog here.
1: Tampa, Bay, uh, Cincinnati has covered ten of eleven since uh, starting the season. Zero and two straight up and against the spread. Uh, the one they did not cover was that first game on Monday night, where Jamar Chase. The first game he was out. They got drilled by Cleveland. Uh, but yes, uh, two Monday nights in a row. Yeah, if the Saints had won, which they should have, if Mark Ingram would have got the first before he would have, uh, you know, gone out of bounds, all four teams would be five and eight. Uh, in mm-hmm. the NFC South. I mean, it is a mm-hmm. it is a rough a division. So, Tampa Bay plus three and a half, and I don't think there's any doubt this is a, a bylaw. Where would this number have been, I don't know, a couple of months ago? I mean, it would probably been just the opposite. Yeah, if it, it would have been a, probably
0: b- 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 bucks minus three, you would think.
1: Yes, exactly, exactly. So, Wes uh, has got his uh, picks uh, th- this week. I do have to ask you, Wes, before, uh, before we let you go, and that is – um on sort of the, the the Wong teaser effect in a couple of candidates Buffalo at seven and a half sure is tempting and uh the Steelers plus eight and a half against Carolina uh going from two and a half to eight and a half and seven and a half to one and a half uh your thoughts on those two
0: yeah and I, and I think in terms of the wall teasers they obviously are going to have much more value as the total is lower like One candidate we saw last week, and that was a game I wish I would have used on here, but I did bet, which was the Detroit Lions, and a lot of people were loving teasing Minnesota last week up to eight and a half. But keep in mind, those teasers have less value when you have higher totals, when you have totals in the 50s or the very high 40s, because there's there's a lot more variance in terms of the scoring Whereas, you know, you get a total that's around 37, like the Baltimore Ravens, a perfect example last week. They not only covered the teaser, they covered the number, and then they, of course, won outright in Pittsburgh. Like, they're in that situation a little bit, even though Cleveland is, is minus three. And that's not one I'm recommending, but that's an option that's certainly out there with a very low total. And then looking at a couple of other of these uh, – Uh, I'm going to pass on the Raiders, even though that's an option, especially if you still have a a one-and-a-half out there where you can tease that up to seven-and-a-half. But, you know, I I like the options that you presented. Uh, Arizona could be very interesting as an option, too, with a very low total of 36 out there. And, you you know, you've got a couple weak threes, but you've got uh, some two-and-a-halves out there. So it's going to be Colt McCoy, but... I think Colt McCoy, I know they didn't do much in the second half and Belichick and company made the adjustments on Monday night, but I felt that the Arizona offense actually did look a little bit better with Colt McCoy in there. So you could certainly see that obviously wait for the news on Russell Wilson. If he's going to be back out of concussion protocol, if not, it is going to be Brett Rippon and it looks like it's going to be ripping with this total at 36, but it really hasn't mattered. But You know, you're right about Buffalo as well, that that's a teaser option because of course that's the payback game against Miami. Now this is Miami's third straight road game. They did fly home from the West coast, but they got to go on the road to face Buffalo. And remember Buffalo earlier in the season lost in Miami where Buffalo had like 500 yards and Miami had about two and a quarter, but yet somehow some way Miami found a way to, uh, to uh, win that game. So Buffalo is probably a use in one leg, and I may use that with the the Arizona Cardinals, even though that's a little bit risky, considering their per- season is now uh, pretty much over. So those would be the ones I would be looking at for sure. And then perhaps Green Bay from seven down to one against the Rams.
1: All right. Uh, again, yeah, and Buffalo, man, catching Miami at a real uh, disadvantage. Uh, uh spot, man. Back to back games uh, in California. Come back home to Miami and then ship you off to Buffalo in a short week. And in Buffalo is in good form right now. Not the case uh, for Miami revenge spot. Yes, as West said, that ninety play. They had ninety snaps uh, down in Miami and still lost that game. West Reynolds' top three picks uh, in the NFL this week: Tampa Bay plus three and a half, Chicago plus nine, and the popular Jacksonville plus four. For West Reynolds, I'm Jimmy Otto, the Sports betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.